fellas, don't drink that coffee. Audition the Percolator, only because um, we've reco- we've we're recording this, and there's yet two episodes to air. Yes, so yes, that's true. That's, it's unfair. I'm dying to know a few things. Well, let's uh, we, yeah, let's we just think, yeah. No, yeah. let's start. Let's we could start. I guess we could not start then if you want to know. Because people will already know what Dallas's <laughs> thoughts on on everything is. Quick, yeah, I I was just curious. So Dallas, what was your reaction to the killer reveal? Did you? Well, Sean, no, already. Sean and I did a thing where we he he was here. He came to my house, mm. and we watched half the episode before it was revealed, and then we recorded, and then we watched the rest of it and recorded the rest That's of the episode. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I had a strong feeling it was Leland mm-hmm. because uh, I had always questioned it since he killed Jacques Renault or not Jacques Renault. Sorry. Yeah. Who's the dude he yeah, killed? Jacques, Jacques Renault. Uh, yeah. Jacques Renault. Oh, yeah. When he killed Jacques Renault, see, I interpreted it as him killing the guy who knew who killed Laura Palmer. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear it right. Like I heard it wrong for some okay. reason. So, like, when I was talking to Sean about because even on that episode, when that happens, I asked Sean, I was like, well, why did Leland kill Jacques Renault? And he was like, oh, because he thought he killed Laura Palmer. But for some reason, I thought he said, the, the sheriff and Cooper said, um, we found Jacques Renault and he's going to tell us who killed Laura Palmer. And then Leland goes and kills him. Oh, I see. So, from that point on, I had Leland in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when his hair turned gray... That was weird, but then I correlated that with um, uh, the episode Demons, where uh, the mm-hmm. one-armed man like turns into a demon and was like, "Yeah, he <laughs> has its bodies and stuff." And then yeah, I was like, yeah. "That kind of explains." Okay, so why you, you hair return. Yeah. But the good—I mean, the good thing is that all those things add up. Um, like those weren't spoils, I would say. No, no, no. I mean, I, yeah. I honestly didn't know who it was, and, and we had talked about it. Um, that's pod. cool. I was just curious. I was curious. I also wanted to know what if you were surprised when Mr. Fujikoma or whatever his name is <laughs> uh, revealed Tajimura. Tajimura yes, thank you. He, he was. He did not know. So I. So what was fun is halfway through that episode, you don't know the killer, but you also don't know Tajimura. So those are the two questions I asked. He thought it was. <laughs> Didn't you think it was? Um, you said you thought it was Jacoby. I thought it was Russ Tamblin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you knew it was somebody in disguise. Well, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, my, I just remember my my thought back then is I didn't think it was a character in disguise. I just thought, oh, this is the worst. Yeah, well, I like makeup job of all time. Or I told Sean, I was like, either it's a character in disguise or it's just a very David Lynch thing to do. 
Right, right. And make that a real character and never question it. Sure. <laughs> you know? sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thank you yeah. for, for kind of catching yes. me up. Because, I should have, I should have yeah. sent those to you. I'm sorry. That's, that's oh, my sure. fault. No, producer. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, no, uh, yeah. we, we, Sean and I have a lot to talk about, about his producing. Yeah. I got to work on it. I'll get it. I'll get it in line for the next season. I swear. Um, we could get, we can get right into it though. We're back. It's uh, edition, the percolator, and we are joined again by our very, very good friend and Twin Peaks fan, John Lorenz. John, how the hell are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be back and, um, following this story in one of my favorite episodes. Yes. Yes. This is a, this is what we talked about in the last podcast is as great as, uh, Episode eight is it's kind of just the problem with it is it's sandwiched in between these really really two important episodes. So we've just you know you ended right. with with episode seven, which is like you know how do you top that? And then you know this episode, so much is kind of revealed to not only us but also to the characters. And I was saying also last episode's one of the first times where we as the audience know a lot of things that the that the characters don't. Right? We've all been in the dark. Up until yeah. this point, and then we know things that no one else knows. So, um, right, which is kind of fun. Can, fun for like you know forty minutes to have a little bit of knowledge. Um, but anyway, and and the last episode, um, and you, you may have talked about this, but I has my one of my favorite moments of the entire series, which is when Leland is told that Ben Horn has been arrested and then yes. he walks away and he starts yes. laughing or he's crying and then he's laughing and then he gets caught. So then he's anyway, that's yeah. just like brilliant we, stuff. We, <laughs> we were talking about that, how great it is and how uh, Ray Wise, the actor is just fantastic. And he really yeah. kind of just squeezes every ounce out of Leland mm-hmm. before he's taken away from us. Um, which I can now say because I'm not ruining anything. Because if you've mm-hmm. already, if you haven't already watched episode nine, then what are you doing listening to this? Uh, but anyway, um, Dallas, it's good to Wait, have you Leland? back. It's Wait, good to have what you back to too. Oh, you didn't watch this one, did you? Oh no! Wait, did hold you, on. Did you watch Roadhouse instead? Yes. So, John, yes. what, you, what you don't know is the last episode, we mostly just talked about Mafia, but then Dallas also talked about Roadhouse <laughs> the whole time. Well, was forcing parallels between t- Twin Peaks and Roadhouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a scene in the last episode where Leland's weaving in and out of the lanes, singing Surrey with a fringe on top. And... <laughs> There's a scene in Roadhouse where Ben Gazar is weaving in and out of lanes, and I thought he was singing, also singing Surrey at the French on Top. But he wasn't. He was singing like an old, he was singing like a different old Broadway song. Okay. But, the, but Roadhouse came out in 89, and this episode was 1990. So I was just saying, it's weird that that happened so close together. And the fact that uh, Venus, what's her name? What's Lucy's sister's name? A Gwen. Gwen, yeah, you you were you were close. You were close. (laughs) Gwen is also in Roadhouse. I got, dude. I got you beat. I got you beat. And we're gonna stop all of this nonsense right now. And no, no, no. You're done. You're done. No, no. And Billy Crystal sings "Story with a Fringe on Top." And when Harry Met Sally, which also came out in 1989. Okay, here I got you beat. Mafia, Jane Austen's Mafia. Pamela Gid. Pamela Gidley is in. 
mafia. She is, uh, what's the, uh, is it Teresa Banks in Firewalk with me? Oh, see, I haven't seen Firewalk with me. Yeah, but so. John, but John has, and you, but you know who Teresa, you've heard her name. Okay. I got you beat. I got you beat. Olympia Dukakis is in Mafia, right? She's not in Twin Peaks. She's also in Steel Magnolias. Now take Steel Magnolias, move those letters around. Just all right, all right, toss all right. Them we're, up done. In the air, we're done. Move them we're around, done. Okay. We're done. What do you get? What do you get? Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. <laughs> so I think okay. I got everybody. Beat. No more Mafia. No more Roadhouse. Dallas John, let's do this. This is episode nine of season two. It's called arbitrary law. I don't know why. Does anyone have an idea? No. This one one doesn't quite. And after crazy titles like demons, and and you know driving with the dead girl in the car. Sometimes it's it's like very nail on the head, like a drive with a dead girl. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is the killer. (laughs) If only they had like named it after. All of Albert's dialogue. They yes. could call it like the rim of the volcano. So we we did throw a little like, shout out last episode, obviously to yeah. our, the dearly departed uh, uh, Miguel Ferrer, who we were just talking about is fantastic, yeah. and he does have a sub, couple great moments in this episode. Um, yeah. So let's start there. So actually, the first thing we see was where we ended, which is Maddie has has been found dead. Uh, at the base of the waterfall below the Great Northern. <clears throat> and then there's a fade to Albert, Cooper, Harry, and Hawk. And obviously we're presuming this is the next morning, um, kind of walking in slow-mo. And Albert has some information. Um, he tells them this was the same killer and uh, that he left fan mail. And he talks about the O is under the the finger. Um mm-hmm. Some other clues was there's fur that was in her hand, uh, which was white fox, uh, and also traces of formaldehyde. So this was stuffed. I don't know, Dallas, if you remember this, but this would have been the episode before we find out Leland is the killer. He, you see him taking the hairs um, from this this fox in Ben's office. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's the one where he's like, he's like, I want to work. I'm back to work, and he's giving them all this plan on how they're gonna take care of everything. But he's that was the point where he took the fur. Yeah, and he put um, it in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this was something yeah. he had planned. So <clears throat> Harry wants to notify Madeline, uh, Madeline's parents, and he wants to do all this. And Cooper kind of just says, you know what? Give me 24 hours. Uh, I, I, you know, even though last time, you know, uh, Harry said he was done with all the mumbo jumbo. He's like, just give me 24 hours to figure this thing out. And Albert encourages it. And he, and he does have that. He's the speech about to stand on the rim of the volcano and do the dance or whatever. Yeah. Stand alone in your room and do your dance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just stop the beast before he takes another bite. I yes. love it. So yes. Much. <laughs> it's, I give myself that speech every morning before I go out into the world. Um, <laughs> I do the dance. Yeah, Hawk tells him he's on the path. He doesn't need to know, you know. So just keep following it. So uh, Cooper's gonna engage in this this journey. Um, what'd you think of this, Dallas? Did you enjoy this first scene of uh, episode nine? Uh, yeah, a lot. 
cool. So, I wish, um, <laughs> I wish that every scene in the show was written as well as that scene. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, well, here's – I'll be honest, guys. I didn't watch the episode. Because um, <laughs> you were watching Roadhouse. No, 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 no. I, I don't remember the very opening scene very well. Because I was, I yeah, the, the watching them back to back in the same day was a little rough. Okay, got it. Um, so I don't remember the scene very well, but I do remember Albert's like the end scene of this episode is one of my favorite scenes in the show. Totally, and Albert's like amazing. At, yes, agreed. Um, so okay, I, yeah. it's okay. I, I start to I, I, listen, guys. I'm trying my best. Um, I do a lot of drugs, and it's fine. Um, I, I skipped. Okay. I skipped over a few things. By the way, this episode was written by um, three of the main writers on the show. So you have Mark Frost, Harley Payton, and Robert Engels all co-wrote this one, and then it was directed by Tim Hunter, who I think does a fantastic job with this episode. Um, we go from that first scene with the guys to Donna who's sitting at a booth. Um, and I wrote that she's just wondering who she's going to kill next. Um, <laughs> her path of destruction has, has started to, uh, you know, kind of get wide. Um, and then James comes and he sits down and he talks about his engine sounded like a thousand people singing. Um, you know, James, I actually James love that. Like if all of his dialogue was like that, yeah, you know, I could enjoy him so much more. He's, uh, um, he, he's our, he, he's our biker poet, you know, like, uh, <laughs> right. Well, he's supposed to be that like rebel without a cause James Dean guy, right? Yeah. Throw yeah. to that. I mean, that's what he's supposed to be. Uh, so when they, when they really go there, which I feel like they did at least for the first half of this scene. Yeah. I'm, I, I can get on board with it. Like, yeah, like before his mom like hit the road, she gave him a copy of On the Road or something, which he's like really into, right? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James is. Uh, I can handle James a little better in these last few episodes because he's just not in them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's the best part. Maybe that's yeah. like the, the maybe they found the formula for James. Yeah. It's just like have him come in, say a few stupid things, and then leave. You know well, I mean? well, he doesn't just do that here because he get he gives Donna a ring. Well, first off, they apparently they boned the night before, which they kind of gloss over, because she gives him yeah, some line know. about like I, I, you know, I, I won't forget last night. It's like whoa, hold on. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Wait, like that. wait a minute. <clears throat> um, and then he gives her a ring, and it's an engagement ring, right? Like, doesn't it look like there's a diamond on it? I never remembered that they were engaged or anything, and they don't okay. say that. But I know, but how he, else do you take it? It's I, a I, it's a ring I'm with like a it. it looks like a diamond, and he puts it on mm-hmm. her the finger that I put the ring that I put on my wife's finger. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, exactly. So, but my thing is like, shouldn't they finish high school or like maybe see if they can make their relationship span longer than two episodes? Like in his, in his de- in his defense, it is called the ring finger. It's not really. So I mean, would, he's putting it on the right finger. Sure. I mean, what other finger are you going to put it on? Maybe the other. Maybe, Dallas is saying. Yeah. Maybe the other yeah. hand. You know, oh, maybe the other hand. Ring. Sure. You have mm-hmm. two ring fingers. <laughs> you do. Good point. That's Unti- a fair point. Until you don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Until you anyway. lose one in a motorcycle anyway. accident. 
Yeah, well, it's that crazy thing. The writers must have had such a tough time because the show has been on like a year at this point, but each episode is only a day. Yeah. So how do you make things feel like they've taken a big step forward, but not too much forward? Yeah. And so... Anyway. Hey, who wants to you guys want to take a bet on whether or not they make it through this episode though or not? Their relationship? Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. Invite us to the wedding, Donna and James. We can't wait. Um Brenda and Eddie were the popular sayings yeah. and the king and the queen of the prom. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun. Okay, so uh th- that that'll get us into a whole nother uh can of worms there, you and me singing uh Billy Joel songs. Um, Do you know that Billy Joel was in Roadhouse? <laughs> was in Roadhouse, <laughs> and I actually did the score for Mafia. Did you know both those things? Shut up! Um, back at the Double R, Norma's mother is there, giving her a hard time about the food, um, and about the eggs in particular. And Norma's had enough crap from her mother. We can tell. Um, Andy is sitting alone at a counter eating pie, speaking French, uh, which is the, the the phrase that was written down in Harold's suicide note, which was, uh, oh God, let's see, I wrote this, but it's been a few beers. Uh, J'ai un ami solitaire. So <laughs> he's just repeating it over and over again while his pie is sitting there. Don and James are there. Donna hears him say this and she goes, where, you know, where did you hear that? Um, and at this point we remember, Oh, Donna heard this line, not from Harold, but from the little kid who was the grandson of Mrs. Tremond, who was the kind of strange woman with the cream corn. Dallas is any of this ring a bell for you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, totally. I remember that. So Donna doesn't know I, that this was Harold's suicide note because she didn't see that. So that's what that's what Andy tells her. Hey, this was written on Harold's suicide note, and this is when she goes, "Oh my gosh, we have to see Agent Cooper." Um, yes. I, and while this scene is so, like in a way, contrived, like what a coincidence they happen to be walking by when he's doing this. Sure. He is so honest and funny. Yes. To me in this, like his commitment to this, you know, it's kind of a corny bit, but somehow it is so, it seems masterful what he's doing. And I know he's kind of just like that in a way, but yeah. uh, Anyway, I applaud them for using him this way. If they had to do a, there's a lot of like exposition, quick exposition in this episode and they did a good job with that. That's a really good point in terms of casting where it's like, if you had to hire an actor to try to be Andy Brennan, how it could kind of be a disaster. But because yeah. Lynch met this guy and was like, you're him, it just kind of is very natural. And you're right. It, it, it's fantastic the way he's delivering that line, just sitting there looking at his pie. Um, and very sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, okay, so Donna's like, we got to go see Cooper. So th- she grabs Cooper. They go to the Tremonts, who, of course, are not there. They were never there. There's another woman who lives there who's, whose name is Tremont, but she says, you know, her mother died a long time ago. She has no kids, so there couldn't be a grandson. Um, and Cooper says, Donna, we better leave. And she goes, are you Donna Hayward? I have a note from you. It was in her mailbox. And so 
it's a it's a a letter from Harold that has a piece of the diary they didn't have, and it's um, Laura describing the dream that Cooper has in the second episode of, uh, or I guess the third episode of season one. Um, and she's talking about all the things we saw in that, in that dream. And then she goes on to talk about how she knows that that night is the night she's going to die. Um, it's the only way that she can kind of be rid of Bob. Uh, Cooper says, you know, we had the same dream and Andy says that's impossible. And he says, I know. And I, he says, I have to go see Gerard. Um, I think it's weird that he doesn't take he's like and you just keep this crucial evidence Donna you can <laughs> keep it I don't need it at all yeah <laughs> hold on to it <laughs> well yeah I know that is funny when you think about well, it well in like, real life they are the thing that links it all together he's, <laughs> he's, they are dating so it is true I they, thought that too I was sitting yeah. there going oh my gosh they finally have a scene together is that the first they have they've obviously had a scene because he I remember they yeah. talked to her in the first episode but um, I don't feel like their their paths have crossed much no. and certainly not like a scene where they're both kind of on the same path yeah do you yeah. guys like Nancy Drew Donna I I do yes yeah um I feel like that's what? sorry I, you cut out there oh Na- he oh. said Nancy Nancy Drew Donna do you like her, Dallas, like, like being that kind of like detective spy? I like sleuth. Got it. detective. Like, I think that's a fun thing. And I, I wish the balance had been more in that direction rather than should we hold hands today, James? Like, yes. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like so far in season two, they've they've kind of found things for some of these people to do. Mm <laughs> And I, yeah, totally. I, it's been interesting. Although, yeah, I don't know if you've been listening, John, but Sean and I don't like uh, Harold at all. Yes, I've heard that. Yes, yeah, we we both didn't like him a lot. So, like, it, it, the only downside to her being Nancy Drew was it brought Harold into our lives. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I like the idea of that guy, but yeah, that the actor is so uh, weird. He's kind of like Ross's creepy. Brother, or something. <laughs> that's what I was thinking when I was rewatching recently. Oh god! <laughs> Do you remember that dude? You, shut, you... He's like shut it. He's shut in Ross. Yeah, <laughs> John, you nailed it. Shut in Ross. Oh, I wish you would have been here for that one. Oh man! But uh, the worst, no, no, the worst episode that, of Friends. That guy was yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that. I, anyway, you you guys have completely gone where I feel Good. in that department. But yes, <clears throat> to answer your question, yeah, it's fun when Donna is trying to get to the bottom of stuff, and I I totally prefer that version of her to the the lovebird, the um, you know, the oh I can't I can't forget last night uh, version of Donna, right. Um, Anyway, Cooper has to go see Gerard now. I, one thing I thought about at the end of that is like he just leaves Donna, he leaves Andy to drive Donna home, which is funny. Like that'd be a funny. I'd be. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the car, and like Andy, Andy well, driving and Donna many, home. <laughs> did they take a lot of cars? Like how's he gonna? How's yeah. he gonna get where he needs to go? <laughs> Donna seems to walk a lot of places in this episode. I was gonna say she she's in almost every scene. Like I feel like this yeah. is her 
most she's used most in this episode. She and is. and I while I like how they're using her, it's kind of like wow, you were just there and now you're yeah. here and now yes. you're there. Yeah. Like, when when she goes not to jump ahead, but when she goes to the Palmer household, she she's already been there, right? Or no, no, that's the previous. That was episode. the previous episode, yeah. With the golf balls. Oh, yeah, sorry yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. Um. So. Okay, so Cooper's got to see Gerard. So Cooper goes back to the Great Northern where Mike is, and he asks him about the dream. Um, by the way, Mike's like super dehydrated, and Hayward's there, and he wants him to give him the drug. But Cooper's got to find out. He's got to get the answers. So he asks him about the dream. Um, Mike talks about Bob when they were killing, how they were this like kind of complete circle uh, and kind of makes the ring symbol. And so Coop goes, oh, the ring. He goes, I gave my ring to the giant. And then he, Mike mentions that the giant is known to us here. Um, and he says to him, you know, Cooper's trying to get the answer at him. And he says, you have all the clues you need. The answer is not in your head, but in your heart. Um, Cooper's kind of no closer to the truth at this point. It's just really, you can tell he's really frustrated. Um and when he leaves the hotel room, he goes out and he's just kind of standing there. And this is when the old waiter, uh, who he saw two episodes ago, is just there. And he says he says something like, I know about you. Uh, that milk will cool down on you, but it's getting warmer now. Um, which is just basically like kind of, you're getting warmer now. Um, and But I don't know. We get to see the old guy again, which is always fun. Now, right, I mean, it, it seemed a little cheesy. Is like, uh, colder, colder, warmer, warmer. You know, like, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. Back to Gerard know. for a minute. Did yeah. you did you think it was funny at all that when they finally got an answer out of them after all that talk about like we've got to give him the medicine? They're just like, okay, and then. They just leave. <laughs> like they, they don't the give him medicine. Pulled, the camera, the camera zooms out and everything, and the doctor is not like administering the med- medicine. Like we like, never, oh, had, just, oh, we well. never had the medicine to begin with. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, like could you get him an IV or something? Like maybe a Gatorade? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I need electrolytes. <laughs> One Maybe thing they were bringing it, him the oh sorry God. no 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 it's fine I, one thing that's always it, there's a lot of um, I I think it's important is there's a lot of plural talk from not only Mike like he is known to us here uh, Leland later on talks in plural a lot and so kind of hinting at a kind of what's happening and it's not just one guy it's this like group. Right, John? You think that that's important, this stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down that, that 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 he is known to us here because I think that's, you know, one of the first times you you start to, like, the whatever world that we don't understand yeah, yeah. is, like, opening up. And not to jump too far ahead, but, yeah, I, I didn't remember Leland saying they the whole time and i i honestly don't even know what that means yeah by they we'll talk about that when we get to that but. and dallas just so you know um, john and i have seen this show and the movie like a lot and we still are trying to figure it out <laughs> so that's why <laughs> yeah. oh i i gotta figure it out oh okay all right i'm excited yeah it was leland 
So. Is it me, or were there a lot of? Uh, because I I've been rewatching some while listening to you guys, but not all. It, it it seemed like in these last two episodes, there's a lot of kind of overlook hotel kind of camera work. Um, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Do you, because like, you know what's funny of, is when when we when we um, what was that episode, Sean? Were you talking about that establishing shot of the Great Northern? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think I even mentioned it was like The Shining. Yeah, yeah. There's a where it opens on the Great Northern in the daytime. It was like yeah. a sh- it was like a shot we hadn't seen yet. But there's a lot of shots in these two episodes where you see it's like halfway down the hallway, so you're getting this full open view, and the characters way at the end, or sure. even like the uh, the waiter scene. You know, it's not a close up of him. Yeah, he's fully framed so that you can see all of the sort of architecture around him. Like I, a picture frame. Like, this reminded me of my, no, my guess, if you're like Tim Hunter, like you you liked Kubrick, right? And so you have right. this chance to shoot this show that's kind of, there's a lot of hotel in it. And it, I, would, I mean, you know, it, it makes sense. No, I, get, I think John is trying to say that uh, Kubrick stole from Twin Peaks. And I, so, probably, I agree with that. So mm. The Shining didn't come out in 89 like Roadhouse did, Dallas. Uh, I got to IMDb that because I don't really believe you. <laughs> uh, when Harry Met Sally came out in Okay, we're done. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Did you know that um, The Shining, 1990. So, oops. <laughs> no. Is that the miniseries version? Yeah, the miniseries with Steven Weber from Wings. <laughs> that, yeah. was actually, that was actually 1997. <laughs> uh and then it also came out again in 1980. Okay, so. you're done. And then you're- Shine with Jeffrey Rush came out in 1996. <laughs> was that is that the when I confused with Traffic and Crash? <laughs> Shine. Uh, yeah, um, that's the one. Yeah, there's a okay. lot of racism. In Shine. Okay, so um, anyway, the milk's gonna cool down, but it's getting what well, we're all getting warmer now. Um, they're back in Ben's office and they're looking for evidence and then like they find the fur. So it's looking more and more like, you know, this could be Ben to them, at least at the time back at the station, the, this kind of sets up some plot for later. Um, there's a sprinkler guy, uh, talking about the sprinklers uh, I'm literally going through this right now at my house. There's a, I have a sprinkler guy putting in fire sprinklers. So um, I showed him this episode. I, I go, I don't want anything like at the end of this to happen in my house. Um, <laughs> but uh, Andy and Lucy... Andy and Remind Lucy, me what the guy says. Like Something what about fixing? how like, oh, they're really tricky. You got to be careful. They're getting too touchy. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's just very like foreshadowing <laughs> but yeah. he's like he's like yeah they're really tricky have you met bob <laughs> it's really well, weird let's talk later when we get to that about why yeah. they go up. but yeah you know. we will we will but it's just it this is all a big setup for later in the uh in the episode um andy and lucy and i'm getting tired of hearing the word sperm coming out of <laughs> anyone's mouth in this show um and at this point, Andy calls Dick Tremaine to kind of have a heart-to-heart about the situation with Andy and Lucy and the baby and Dick and make it stop, please. Um, 
Have you talked about, forgive me for not remembering, so Dick Tremaine, he's supposed to be like a big shot, but he's in men's fashion yes. at Horn's department. So do, he, is he just retail? Like he's yeah, not yeah. a designer. He's, he's right? not, he's not a, like he's a faux big shot. Like he, he's like the manager of like, the retail. Yeah, he gets, he gets, yeah, he gets like a deal on clothes, right? So he probably like, he dresses above his pay grade because it's, you know, okay. um, but no, he doesn't like, he's not like a horn or something where he, right, he has money. He just dresses like it. So, yeah. um, and he has an accent. Do you remember the first uh, couple seasons of Mad Men? Yeah. Do you guys watch Mad Men? Yeah. I've seen uh, the first season, yeah. The first couple episodes, or first couple seasons, there was that character who was like the artist, but he was secretly gay. Okay. Do you guys remember that character at all? No. If you don't I remember him, it's not going to matter. Because he reminds me of Dick Tremaine, like the way that they dress and like their look. I can't remember his name. Ah, that's so frustrating. This actor was on, um, I know this because my mom watched, has watched General Hospital my entire life. That guy was a huge character on General Hospital for the entire 80s and I think beyond. So when he was doing this show, he was just kind of. Oh, by the way, his is like a character that I don't love, but he's fantastic. Like, I think, I think he. Like compared to Harold, where it's just like I can't stand it. I don't like right. him, but he's awesome at being that guy. You know what I mean? Are you invested in this storyline? Not at all? one was- bit. Oh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, but both of you. I mean, no. Um, it's like oh, um, I remember as a young person just wanting Lucy and Andy to get together so we could not have to hear about it anymore yeah on the, on um, the previous episode sean i said uh, i'm done with lucy and andy and then but i was like i feel like we're gonna get a lot more lucy and andy going forward <laughs> and sean said if i could make you guess at the worst storylines you could think of for the second half what would you guess and i guess and he lucy pretty and much andy, he pretty much wrote the second season. james and laura flynn boyle and josie <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's what Sean said. <laughs> I was like, let's move forward. And then yeah. I said, let's en- let's ears. enjoy let's enjoy these two episodes now while we have them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely Well, I just think it's funny because Lucy and Annie are like those characters in any show where they're like they're like the Kramer, you know, like they just pop in and you're like <laughs> and then they leave. And then like now they're trying to build this like arc for them. And you're just, I just, there's nothing well, for me. Like, like to go, both to, idiots. To go back to why Lynch was like, don't make us tell you who the killer is. Because it's like, okay, then this is what you're going to have. You know what I mean? Like, when you take away the central plot of the show, you're left with Andy and Lucy and Dick. And it's true. Because once you find out who the killer is, it's like, okay, what do we, how do we, right. uh, well, what do we do I now? Mean, Right, we meet like eight more characters in the town suddenly. Yeah, yeah. You guys are certainly making me want to watch the rest of this. So, (laughs) there's good stuff in there. (laughs) Trust. Yeah, you trust your friends. You don't have a choice. Um. (laughs) I I certainly do. I'm starting another podcast with somebody else about Northern Exposure. So, (laughs) okay this this next part of this this uh, podcast is going to be 
I'm going to call it Adventures in Enable Dictation, which I started using while taking notes while watching the show. So just excuse the next four sentences. Uh, Taj and Maria comes to see Ben, wants to sign goes with papers. Ben Ben can't sign the deal. How's your Murray wants $5 million back? (laughs) (laughs) So that was Tajamura comes to see Ben, wants to sign the Ghostwood papers. Ben can't sign the deal. Tajamura wants $5 million back, not How's your Murray wants $5 million back. (laughs) I decided to leave leave all that because (laughs) it was fun. Um, How's your Murray coming Thursdays on Fox with Judd Hirsch? <laughs> we can we can zoom all past that to Catherine reveals herself with her toe, which Ben has a foot fetish, which yay, that's awesome. Um, and he's so excited, even though he's just been played, right? He was really mad at her the last episode, and now that it's her, he's excited. Because he, he knows that she can vouch for his alibi, right? And she knows this, so she makes a deal that he'll sign Ghostwood over to her in the mill. She'll let him keep the hotel. Um, and once he does that, she says, you know, maybe I'll think about it. Um, and he says something about how it's the truth. And she says, we've, we've spent our entire adult lives lying to each other. Why spoil it with the truth now? So Catherine kind of has the last laugh at this point uh, in the show. So... She's back. I think this is the end of Tajamura. Or how's how's your Murray for the sh- for the show? I believe is is this is when he um, gets really angry and like breaks open all the pillows. That was uh, that was the last episode with where. Oh, Pete- I'm very sorry. No, no, it's fine. No, there, there's no, a, there's no, so much. Sean, Sean, it's not fine. John, this, we invited you to be on both episodes. Dallas doesn't know what episode we're on, by the way. I, I just want to say I love I love how at the end of that he he like sits back down nonchalantly with his cigar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after throwing his tantrum, I read it was very it was very theater major of him to the way he did it. <laughs> oh, completely, completely. This Wednesday on How's Your Murray, Jet Hirsch throws a temper tantrum. <laughs> By the way, in Mafia, she's about to throw the dog where it breaks. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great joke. Where it breaks against the wall, and he goes, that's why we can't have nice things, Pepper. Um, Sean, please yeah. stop watching Mafia. Okay, I'll stop watching Mafia. <laughs> Hold on, wait. She throws, the, she throws the glass vase first, and it breaks. And then she throws the dog, and it breaks. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, oh, my gosh. It's, it's the best. It's the best movie. I never, I never graduated from college. But if I had whatever my major would have been, my thesis would have been on this movie. It just, it just would have been. There's just no way. Um. Okay, so let's get through this because this next scene is is actually quite important and kind of um disturbing and to me kind of funny. Um in a weird way. So Donna goes over to the Palmer residence and Leland is there. She's there because she wanted to bring over a copy of the tape that they made with James. He, she wants her to mail it to Maddie. This is the tape of them singing that song. Um, and it's like, no, really you shouldn't have. She, no, she doesn't want to hear it. Um, 
And this is point kind of where you watching this scene, you're like, ah, oh, Donna's probably gonna die. So, so she, oh, she, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, so this was the point today where I was, my daughter was taking a nap. Oh God. When you know, there's like a time when we her naps up, and we go upstairs, and we open the door and say, "Hey, it's time to get up." And sometimes she goes, "Uh, no, I want to sleep." And I'm like, "Okay, we're gonna leave the door open, and you just come down when you want to come down." And Please she don't goes, tell okay. me she came down and watched this. So she came down oh, during the scene. I told you not to let your daughter watch no, the no, show. She didn't watch. I paused it. But I was like so upset because it was like just ramping up, and I'm like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> like yeah, I was yeah, so yeah. angry that I couldn't finish it. Um, that okay. I offered my daughter some lemonade and put on a little old music. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Not why you told that whole story. <laughs> oh, that's oh, fantastic! No, no, no. But that's so are you? Story. Did, did this scene, like, are, were you anxious? Did you think it was the end of Donna? How were you feeling? Yeah, you know, what's funny is because I don't know. I have no, like, I mean, you guys, I mean, that's kind of been the challenge is, is you guys are amped for season three because you've been, you know, you've been looking up stuff and seeing stuff. But I, 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 I'm not looking up anything because I don't want anything ruined, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who makes it in a season. Th- I have no idea. Right. So, yeah, I definitely did think this could be her death scene or I thought maybe um, this was when um, maybe he tries and then like they burst in and they arrest him here. You know, like sure. I didn't, I thought something was going to happen and not that nothing did happen because something definitely did. But yeah, I was a little let down for as excited as I was to have to pause it <laughs> and wait for like three hours to watch it for the rest of it. But anyway, but yeah, I thought this could have been the end of uh, Donna for sure. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of funny because it's very like over the top. So she she's wearing her glasses, and he's just like mm, those glasses. Um, he's like, oh yeah, they were Laura's, and it it's like, okay, do you also have like a blonde wig? Maybe you could put on. Because um, then she's like, oh by the way, that diary that's going to incriminate you. Yeah, they found that too. Um, okay. Oh, by the way, here's just like a knife I'm going to put by my neck. You know, like it's all just like serious Bob bait. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, (laughs) you're literally just like begging Leland to kill you at this point. Um, (laughs) so this is when Leland gets a call from Beth, Maddie's mother, uh, who was wondering where Maddie is. She never showed up. And, um, Donna at this point kind of senses something is wrong, um, and there's uh, Ray Wise has a really great kind of moment there where he's just kind of like, yeah, it's the funniest thing. She never showed up, and he pops a stick of gum, um, and at, I think at this point he tells her like, don't worry, I'll get you some lemonade. We'll figure it out, and they he chews the gum and he's looking in the mirror and he sees Bob. And at this point I wrote that the mirror thing is kind of getting old. We've kind of, and, and Bob's Bob's gigantic chewing. Yeah. I like, I normally find that guy, you know, pretty scary, but yeah, it's a little, little over the, some really funny chewing. If he just blew like a big, huge bubble, that would be better. (laughs) (laughs) See, um, I did, now, see, here's where I disagree with you because I actually think that this the mirror bit didn't get tired for me here. Okay, 
Okay. And maybe because I, this is my first time and you've seen it a bunch of times. I yeah. don't know. I would I would agree. I I think they haven't done it much, but it it won't be the last time it's done. I would say so. Yeah. So I think we're probably weary of it. So that's well, good to hear. You know, and once because this is only technically the second time they've done it. Well, I guess in this mirror, we've seen him a few times, right? We've seen him twice in this mirror. We saw him in the last episode. We've seen him in this in this episode. Yeah. Uh, like and. It, uh, so, like, the Bob reveals are, like, one of the most powerful things in the show. And there's a really good one coming up. But that one, to me, always kind of bummed me out a little bit. And I think it's also because they, like, cut to commercial, right? Wow. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, one note I had was, like, a season three thing I'm excited about is, like, there's no commercial breaks. Which kind of were something that when you start analyzing the, the, the first show, it's like, ah, it's kind of annoying that you'd have to, like lose the momentum coming into this next scene, um, which is where he comes back and he pu- he says, you know, I, he brings her the lemonade. She's staring at some photos. He kind of sneaks up on her and he gives her the lemonade. And he says, you know, we need some music. And he puts on that record. And it's just a really, really terrifying shot of coming up from the record player and it's Bob screaming with like kind of a, I don't know if you call it like, what is it like a lightning machine or like a flash? Um, yeah, but it's really, really unnerving. Like it, to me, it's one of the scarier Bob moments. Um, and you see him turn around and you see Leland. And so, um, you know, he's kind of doing the thing where he may, may I have this dance and like, right as he pulls her close and you're like, Oh, it's about to happen. The doorbell rings. And so Donna is saved. Um, cause it's Harry, yeah. Harry saying that there's been another murder. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, this was scary, but the thing that I hated most was the next scene, like her reaction to all of this happening was just to angrily walk up a street. Like, I just didn't know. I felt I like, how know. did she know all that stuff? Is there a scene we missed where she got, Yeah, she, she, cause she talks about like, yeah, she knows it's the same. Ki- like, what's weird is that she knows. I she knows more than than the the sheriff told Leland. Yes, so like she tells James, it's the same killer, but it's like I could see her putting together that Maddie is dead because she didn't show up, and then and then the sheriff shows up and says there's been a murder. But okay, so it was her own deduction, and, and I guess for her at this point, she she would just assume that you know what i mean like why else there's a killer on loose in twin peaks maddie never made it out it probably is you know i mean donna like you said she's like in this kind of nancy drew super sleuth mode she's kind of got you know she's smart right yeah but yeah i but my my that that's what that's what makes me so confused i mean obviously it doesn't matter but that's what makes me so confused by her reaction to all of this is if she's slowly putting it together and kind of understands what's going on her reaction is to just go to the to, to the river or whatever or go to the the lake well she goes there to meet was, james right like she yeah, went, like, assumed, to meet her boyfriend i assume or, or, yeah, I thought or they fiance. were supposed to meet, or she said, like, meet me there or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like, the way I saw it was she calls James from the Palmer house and says, hey, I'm going to walk to meet you. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, I don't but, know. Um, but, yeah, so then, like, it is a little frustrating, this scene, because, 
you know, they go and they meet and they're both upset. And James is like, we could have helped her, which, what does that mean? I don't um, get him like she in didn't, the scene at she all. Didn't like, kill, I wrote down, yeah. what the heck are you talking about? She didn't kill herself. What does that mean? We could have helped her. Um, and then James is just like, you know, and I, but this is the one part that does make sense is that James is just like, so like, what does any of this mean anymore? All of our friends are dying. Um, but it is like, are you guys engaged? Why? What happened? So, cause he says this line, like, doesn't matter if we're happy and the rest of the world goes to hell. Um, and then, and then runs off. It's like, this is the one other person in your life who's dealing with all the same things that you are, you know, maybe you should find solace and comfort and comfort her. But what we know of James is he has a mom who just like bails all the time. So there you go. Yes. Yeah, it just seemed like such a selfish reaction. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah a, I agree with John there. Hey John, it's a Hurley thing. You know what I mean? All the it's Hurley's a Hurley thing. All the Hurley's bail. <laughs> you think this is what the company Hurley was named after? Totally. You didn't know that? <clears throat> I'm not, I'm 1989. not joking about 1989. that. 1989. Was I'm when not they joking. started. I really... There's enough references in the world to the show and people who grew up loving the show. We have a lot of this sh- this episode to get through, so I'm going to keep moving us through. Um, All right. Back I at, wasn't joking. So, by the way, back at the Roadhouse... See? Um, ben... Is it the Roadhouse or the the Bookhouse? They're both in the show, right? No, at this point they're at the they're at the Roadhouse, aren't they? The Bang Bang Bar. I'm just saying there's a there's a Roadhouse that's also a Bang Bang Bar, and the Bookhouse is a different bar. I think they're they at the to. Roadhouse at this point. Yeah. They're at the big one where the band plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. the stage is behind him. Yeah, I just meant there's two bars. Sure. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure this is the Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, because it has the stage. Yeah. Um, so Ben and Ben is there shelling peanuts. Cooper's there. Albert's there. Uh, Leland shows up with Harry, which we knew Harry went to get Leland. Leland wants to know why they're there. Someone meeting us there. Cooper says yes. This is when Ed shows up. Um, Cooper asks them to clear the room. Hawk and Leo and Bobby show up. Uh, Cooper at this point addresses the group. He says that he believes the killer is, is among them. He talks about all the things and all the different methods he's used to try to solve the case. And he says, at this point, I need something new. Uh, some, and he says, let's call it magic. And at this point, the like, you know, the flashing, the lightning is happening. Um, and he's looking around and he says, someone's, something's not right. Something's missing. And at just at this moment, major Briggs walks in with the old waiter and um he brings him in and he gives him a stick of gum uh the waiter gives cooper a stick of gum and this is when leland sees that and he starts smiling and he says i know that gum that's my favorite gum in the whole i used to chew that gum when i was a kid that's my favorite gum in the whole world and the old man says that gum you like is going to come back in style. And this is where everything stops. Cooper then, like the whole room freezes. Cooper at this point goes back into his dream, remembers the whole thing, and this point remembers what Laura told him in his dream, which is that she says, my father killed me. Um, 
There's the and moment. We also learn where we, we also learn where we get some revolver references. But yes, go ahead. Yes, uh, that is news to you, well, pretty much only. Um, so he then sees the giant. The giant had told him, "Once all these things I tell you come true, I'm going to return your ring." The giant shows up with his ring. Um, I, I love this scene. I think the directing is is top notch. Uh, the way that Tim Hunter kind of does the trick with the freezing and the lights and the giant and the ring. Um, and it's a great scene. Uh, so Coop, Cooper's figured it out. Cooper is up to speed with us at this point. And mm-hmm. um, Cooper knowing he's got to kind of play this the right way still doesn't let on to everyone else that he knows the truth. And he asks Ben to come with him to the sheriff station. Doesn't say like, you're under arrest or whatever, or you know anything other than just come with the, st- the sheriff's the sheriff station, and you might want to bring your lawyer. You might bring Leland with you as your lawyer. Uh, when they all leave, that leaves. Um, let's see, Major Briggs, Hawk, I, I, Leo, and Bobby, and he and he turns around and gives them the thumbs up, like I I figured it out. What were you going to say yeah, now? I, I, well, I just want to point out, I, I really enjoy Ben Horn in the scene, just eating peanuts at a table. <laughs> just really mad. It's really funny to me. Yeah, madly eating peanuts. It's pretty funny. And they're all like helping clear the room, and he's just like shelling peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I, I've Every time I watch this episode, I love that scene. I think it's fantastic. I love watching Cooper kind of put the whole thing together. Um. <laughs> All the tilted camera angles when they yeah. first come in. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's like the ones up in the top of the roof. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's a really cool looking scene. So it's it's just kind of fun to see Coop kind of put it all together. So and it's good to see Major Briggs back. I know, Major Briggs. Um, love Major Briggs. Back at the sheriff's station, uh, Leland... I think ask Cooper, you know, like, is he going to be charged? I want to start bail proceedings. And, and Cooper says, yeah, he's going to have his day in court. Uh, when Leland passes by at that point, Cooper stops Harry and tells him kind of the plan. So when they go to the jail cell to throw Ben in, they do the old switcheroo and they throw <laughs> Leland in. Uh, and Leland is as Bob is visually very, very frustrated, very upset to have been caught and he's freaking out and running into the walls. Um, so this is where my daughter walked in again <laughs> and that's not a joke. Okay. <laughs> I was finally watching this again on my own and she was upstairs playing in her room. Very content. Yeah. And I was like, this is gonna be fine. And uh, we have some time here. And she walked down again during this part. And I had to just say, you have to go away. This is a daddy show. And then she kept looking at the screen asking why the man was screaming. And I said, because he was upset. And she said, why? And I said, because of the lightning. <laughs> and she said, what? And then I, and then that was where I paused it again. So the, like from here on out, it was like two minutes of watching and then pausing and two minutes of watching and then pausing. Uh, it was kind of crazy. That's That sounds frustrating. I'm sorry, Dallas. It is frustrating, but it's okay. I, it's okay. Um, so, so Leland's bummed. Bob is bummed. He's been caught, finally. Um, 
And so, so Harry says something about how if that's if it was Leland, you know, we're gonna need some stronger evidence. Um, and and Cooper says, how about a, a taped confession? And so it's weird that they cut to him handcuffed because I wish they would have shown that, right? How how do we know that he didn't? I, I didn't think that they skipped that. Well, they do. I, I was it all like then like he's going he's freaking out in the thing and he goes I, I forget what what Cooper says like because something about how about how he knew and Harry says well what whatever Coop says he's like we're gonna need more evidence than that and he says well what how about a a taped confession and the next shot is leland handcuffed in a chair so the only clue to how that got done was hawk has a gun on him so i I Mm. guess hawk just they come in with guns drawn and they tell him to sit down but yeah i guess so i don't know it's a little weird that they left that part so at this point we get we get leland we get leland as bob or bob is leland's confession um, he confesses. It's a wonderful to, acting. Yeah, he this is great. Yeah. Uh, Ray Wise really kills it in this episode. He um, confesses to Laura. He confesses to Maddie. He says he has this thing with knives, and then he mentions something about um, knowing about Cooper in Pittsburgh, which we've kind of yeah. talked about, but not really. So Bob knows some stuff about Cooper. Um, but then he don't starts. Don't want this to be like Pittsburgh, Coop. Yeah, yeah. So, at this point, he starts addressing Leland as being a good vessel, um, and he starts talking about how when he's he's gonna leave when he pulls the ripcord, you just watch. Um, and then we're like, <laughs> we're sucked away from this amazing scene to deal with Dick and Lucy and Andy, uh, <laughs> which it's like no, but then you see why. So. They're in. A, they're having a discussion about the baby, and Lucy's going to keep the baby, and she wants full cooperation from both of them until she can have the paternity test. And of course, Dick lights a cigarette, and this is what sets off the smoke alarm. Um, back down in the holding area, Cooper's going over the clues with uh, with Harry and with Albert um, about uh, the dancing. So he talks about how, like, the man from Little Place, uh, from another place, said, um, "You know, what, there's always music and the dancing, and so how Leland was always doing that." He talks about uh, his hair going white with the gray-haired man. He talks about uh, the guy next door when he was a kid was named Robertson. He talks about how Bob said something about his children, so son of Robert. Um, he talks about spelling his name with the letters. All these clues that we've kind of you know, have been accumulating over the episodes. Mm-hmm. Cooper's now placing all this uh, together. So, um, I'm a, I'm a little confused, and maybe you guys know, or it's revealed as we go, or I miss something. But Leland, did Leland grow up next to Bob as a kid? Or from, from what we know. Bob appeared to him, and he talks about this, and he says he came to him in a dream when he was younger. Yeah, and he, in a yeah. dream. And he invited him in. Yeah, What's well, weird, I, I noticed this time, he says, he opened me up. 
and I invited him in. At least that's what it sounded like he said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, sorry, but you're talking about Bob's kids and Robert and all. Like, where does that come from? Like, what is that in reference to? Bob, what does Bob call his children that that Cooper's referencing? Is he talking about? His, I don't know. He's that. There, oh, there's something about how he mentions his children, his victims. <laughs> Or yeah, maybe I, the people think, that he maybe the people that he inhabits were his children. That, yeah, I, that I think is that's what, what it that is. was what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So it's All not right. like he's not talking about like Bob having actual kids. He's talking about the people Bob inhabited being his children. Um, right, gotcha. So, um, so as as far as we know, Bob was this this. We don't know what he was to Leland as a child, but he was someone he knew who kind of inhabited him. He's he's done this for a long time. Um so Harry at this point, um oh they're going over, so Leland's the one who placed the call from Ben's office. He's the one who had the fibers from the fox. Um they talk about why would he have killed Maddie? I mean Cooper's speculating, but we know that I think it was Maddie reminded him too much of Laura and he didn't want to let her go. Um, uh, Harry is very, you know, skeptical about the existence of Bob. He thinks Leland's crazy. At this point, Leland starts reciting the fire walk with me poem from the first season. And this is when the, finally the smoke from Dick's cigarette triggers the fire sprinklers. Is there um, another shot of that happening? Is it, is it of Dick's yeah, smoke? I th- I think I think what it is is I, I missed that this it's... time. So I thought I thought that it was because because Leland stands up and sort of screams to the to the sky, and I I thought oh maybe there's like heat or something when Bob leaves. Well, yeah, I you wrote know. no. I, I oh, that's it, funny because I, I I kind of sorry. I was just saying that's no, why no. I took it the same. Way almost like a mixture of both. Well, okay, I've never thought that because because it's raining when Bob is still there. Like you see, or not raining, but the sprinklers are coming down and you see Bob. That's true. So if Bob, yeah, if Bob then, had left, then that makes sense. So that otherwise, what was the whole point behind them following the smoke up to the sprinklers? Right. The thing that the thing that I don't understand is like. Is is Bob a gremlin where he can't be get wet after midnight? Like why? <laughs> why does he? Why does that anger him so? Like did Leland never take a shower in the forty years Bob inhabited him? Like what? You know what I mean? Like what was the yeah, water I, about with him? And that's never explained it, to that I know. And I never, I never took it as like that he was getting mad about the water. I think he just. Decided to go at that moment. Well, and we and we he talks about he talks he's gonna he says he's I'm about to pull the ripcord, you know what I mean? Like we know he's gonna kill Leland. It's just funny that that's what it is, you know? Yeah, that's sometimes things just look cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, that's a great explanation because it does. So the the well, in a way, you know, Leland is ultimately. From a symbolic standpoint, you know, with Cooper in his hands, he's ba- he's basically, you know, baptized. He's cleansed, sure, uh, in some sure. way of, you know, 
Yeah, that's an but interesting like, way to put it. But like you said, Dallas, it does look cool. I mean, like that whole ending scene with the with the sprinkler is awesome. Um, yeah. Who, maybe it wasn't in the script, I and mean, maybe they, uh, it probably was. Um, so, so the sprinklers go off. Uh, we see Leland start to freak out, and we see that kind of from the ceiling shot downward of of Bob, and then we see him start running headfirst into the metal door of the holding cell. Um, and Harry's trying to get the keys. And of course it's sprinklers are in the hallway. And so he slips, he can't get the keys. Leland's just bashing his head into the door. By the time they open the door, obviously Leland has done, you know, just a lot of damage. Uh, you can see like hair and scalp on the door. Um, hopefully yeah, your daughter was up. Hopefully your daughter was back upstairs at this point. Um, no, no, she was watching, and she was. She said, "Daddy, what's that?" And I said, "Mud." <laughs> and then she said, "Okay." Why is his hair on the door? Why? Oh, he got a haircut. He got a haircut. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. She, I told her the jail's a lot like supercuts, and she got it. She gets it. <laughs> jail is a lot like supercuts. Yeah, it was actually. This was probably she didn't watch this, but this was where. Uh, I was like, oh my god! Like it was like uh, kind of like the jarring part of killing Maddie, where it was just like really gruesome, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I get you know warranted. Like it wasn't. Well, yeah, wasn't he had. Like, to, this oh, is stupid, how he. You know? This is, you know, he's he's gonna die. Um, yeah. But at this point, when he's when they finally get in there, Leland is uh, is free of Bob. Bob is left. Uh, and Leland is kind of realizing everything, at least for the last couple of weeks that he's done. Uh, and he talks about Laura realizing what he'd done. And then he get a little, he gives a little history about how he was just a boy. He saw him in his dreams. Um, and he talks about how when he was inside, I didn't know. And when he was gone, I couldn't remember. Um, and then this is where I was noting some of the kind of plural. He said they wanted... Uh, they wanted others they could use. Um, he's using they a lot. And he talks about confessing to the Teresa Banks murder, which we've heard about, which happened prior. Uh, and he says if if they told him if he didn't give them Laura, they'd kill her. Uh, and he's just so, like, so devastated realizing all of these things. Um, he talks about how Laura was strong and, and they, you know, wouldn't let them take her. Um, and at this point... Cooper kind of starts giving him the like this really new age kind of go to the light speech. Uh, Leland is, you know, saying, I see the light. He sees Laura. She's beautiful. And this is where we say goodbye to Leland Palmer. Um, anyway, this is the scene I, th- I showed to my fire sprinkler guys saying, like, can we make sure that this doesn't happen? <laughs> I love the idea that you sat them down and made them watch it. <laughs> I made them watch the whole thing. It's, uh, uh, and it's a really moving scene. It's uh, really sad. And, uh, you know, Ray Wise is terrific. Yeah, and Cooper's good in it, too. He is. He's got that kind of like the hairs down. He looks like he's like in an emo band from the early 2000s. Yeah, there's a great shot of like when they pan out of Cooper holding uh leland and then behind him against the walls harry and albert harry and albert yeah totally. yeah it's a cool shot yeah yeah 
So like you said, why the water? Well, some things just look good. Some things just look <laughs> cool, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Do we all just get sad? I want to talk sad. more about the Fey, but I don't. I'm trying to figure out what I yeah, can you, ask. You, yeah, I feel like we. I feel like we have to come back to this, John. Because okay. I want. I want to. I want to hold on to some things for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also am interested to, um, and I don't think this is a spoiler, but the the movie Fire Walk with Me revisits, you know, the the time when Laura Palmer was alive. So I'm I'm trying to match up some of these details that we've learned in this episode with that movie. Um, sure, and I'm not. Sure, it all quite lines up, you know, or maybe they. By just the way, didn't. by the way, squad yeah, so. goals is that the three of us watch the last episode of the show, maybe at least take a few hours off, and then watch the movie. Like, I want, I would love to watch the last episode of the show and the movie with you guys and podcast yeah. with yeah. the three of us, if at all possible. Sure. Um, uh, that's I wanted to I wanted to be next to Dallas uh, for the for the you know the Maddie episode and that worked out so I'm just gonna put it out there to the universe and hopefully that that'll work out uh, we'll find out but um that that scene ends uh, we're left the epilogue of this is the the guys kind of walking along uh, the next day and uh, it's there's really kind of unnerving shot of Major Briggs just standing in the path. <laughs> I was going to bring always, that up. It always creeps so, me out. Right? He's standing there super still. He's he's so blue. And yeah, he's the got color. the side light on him that makes him look different than anything else in the frame. Like, almost like he was added later or something. But yeah. And then he's just standing there still all during the first few lines. And um, Cooper even kind of gives I'm, him like a, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's weird. Really it's creepy. almost like he, it even feels like he almost like appears out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like that's how weird and out of place his like placement is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say in going forward, the one good thing, and I'll tell you this now, is we do get more Major Briggs. If there's any redeeming part of the second half of of the second season, is we get yeah more absolutely. Major Briggs in our lives. It, it, to the point where we really still kind of don't know him at all. So um, we're going to find out some more. Uh, and I won't, well, I'm not cool. going to spoil that. But Dallas, you talked about this scene being one of your favorites. Um, kind of the gist of it is they're kind of kicking around ideas about Bob. And Harry's, Harry thinks that, you know, Leland was insane. Albert points out that Bob actually was seen by people, you know, and then I think it's either. C- Maybe Cooper says, is it easier to believe that a man would rape and kill his own daughter? Uh, is it any any more comforting? Um, and then Albert has that line about, maybe that's all Bob is, the evil that men do. Um, to which yeah, Harry like responds, line. yeah, like that line is pr- it's really great, you know, I mean, as far as the show goes. Yeah, sorry. I you think can talk. This, I, I I know I talk. I know I know I talk too much. No, I'm no, sorry, it's fine. Please. No, I like this, you know, just because I think it was like one of the few where they, like you mentioned in the beginning scene of this episode, which I don't remember well, where I just think it's well written and like people are just trying to kind of talk about things rather than 
establish dominance or something like that or figure something out. Like I feel like Albert and Harry were always at such odds. Sure. And, uh, but this time everybody's just kind of on the same page, just trying to understand something that's like terrible, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, they're so kind of like, like un- they're, yeah, they're unpacking like all of the things. Cause like I said, for the first time in two episodes, we're all on the same page now, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. and then Harry's last, the last line is, you know, if Bob was real and we let him get away, where's Bob now? And we have this kind of shot of like a, you know, reversed, I don't know what you call that, where like the image is reversed, so everything's kind of like the color's all wacky. Um, some scary sounds going through like a car wreck, and then you see the owl um, mm-hmm. kind of come out, and there's like a freeze frame, and that's where this episode ends. So, um I just thought of something. I'm going to go backwards again, and then we'll come back to this moment. Um, There's a sound that happens for the first time, as far as I can tell, when the sprinklers go off. Yeah. And it's this kind of high-pitched chittering. That one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that sound is going to come back. Yeah. For a very specific reason. And so I yes. I wondered if that was like an intentional connection or if they were just like, oh, we've got this creepy thing that we had before. Um, anyway, just bringing that up so that when it comes yeah. back. So that, that's to, a good that's a out. good little note there. Like, um, um, you know, I'm wondering, it's, it's, like, I'm guessing that was Tim, like. Tim Hunter probably made that. Well, I guess you don't know whose call that was. You know, like I, yeah. I think of intent in terms of like this show with like, okay, if it's a through line, then it would have had to have been someone who was involved in the other episodes where we hear it, right? You know, right. unless right. it was something Mark Mark Frost was like, this means this. So, right. you hmm. know, or it could have been one of the directors who saw this episode who later on said, I want to use that sound effect. But that's a good... That might mm. be a good thing to try to find, do some research on, John. Find out what, where the yeah. origin of that sound was. And you're right, that does come back. Hmm. Um, I'm excited to hear it again. <laughs> so, yes, sorry, are. back to the the owl, the owl appearing at the end. And so, you you get that like, pers like first person perspective shot of <clears throat> something. It, it seems to be very low to the ground. It, at it's least, we- it's I weird. I never it's really like, noticed. Was it a car wreck or something? Like, do, are, yeah, there was like a pipe that, sticking out of the ground or something. It's like and, a ravine, but it, but like I, I wondered for the first time last time I watched the episode, I was like, was did this have? Did Bob have something to do with like someone being in a car accident or like, or was that just an abandoned car or what the story was, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure it out. And then when you see the owl, the the owl is the owl going after it. Like I was almost like, oh, this is ridiculous. But it, you know, where's Bob? Oh, he went. You know, it's like that story from the Bible. The demon went out and went into a bunch of pigs nearby, and then the <laughs> pigs went. And I'm like, is he in a yeah. rat? Or and then the the owls are well. I don't know. They've sentient watchers. I you know just made this up an hour ago. But I I, um, I think like a good question in terms of like stuff that you and I still don't know is like 
when Leland, when Bob isn't in Leland, where is Bob? Is Bob always there? Is he, right. you know, like, does he go take off? And what does he do? Like, for instance, okay, let's, we can talk about this with Dallas now. This isn't a spoiler. Like, when Bob is in the Hayward's kitchen creeping out Maddie while they're playing that song, that's not right. Leland. So is that like right. what is Bob? What form is he at that point? Like is that what Bob does in his or, or spare is time? Just, is it a vision? Like that? That's what I've wondered. Like is he really totally. there, or is is it a sort of spiritual remnant that is causing a vision? Like like when um, have we? Oh, I don't want to bring this up. If have we seen? Um, Mrs. Palmer see any visions other than Bob? Well, yeah, we saw that. No, we yeah, we've only seen like the in the beginning when she sees Bob at the foot of the okay. of the foot of the bed. But I'm guessing that's Leland at that point, right? When she sees him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like that's one of those questions where it's like we still don't know the answer to it, even if you've watched the show a million times. What is right. going on with Bob when he's not inhabiting Leland? You know, right, right. Um, it does he. We know that the owl is something that he's used before. They've sh- they've brought owls into the kind of like the you know the this world of of Twin Peaks where we know that the owls have something to do with the owls. So you know. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot to figure out. There's a lot of stuff we'll probably never figure out. Yeah. You know? And it'll be interesting after this is all over to talk about that book too. Um Yes. And the goal is in. the goal is to get through this so we can get to the movie, get to the book. Um John, have you finished the book? The Secret History I have. Yeah, I have the weeks. book and then I, I listened to it and I sort of also leafed through it and read certain things. Um, sure. But yeah, I've, I've heard and seen the whole thing. So, and I don't, it's, it's so dense that I don't remember all of it, but um, yeah, I know there's things that pertain to a lot of the things we discuss as we go on. So, sure. Well, okay. All right. Dallas, what, what'd you think? What'd you think of this episode? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was one of the one of the better ones of cool. uh, of both seasons. Yeah. Do you Top feel closer? Sure. Are you feeling like where do they go from here? What's where? where because because, <laughs> because the writers were feeling where do we go from here? <laughs> based based on Sean and your reactions to the the upcoming storylines, I have a good feeling where they go and that nobody likes it. Um, so I am interested to see how like they wrap up season two and then like what the movie could possibly be about and, you know, season three, like kind of the future of the whole franchise, I guess is in question for me at this point. So, so yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Like what, I guess they chase Bob. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's interesting. I mean, I'm interested to see what they do. I'm worried because of everyone's reactions. <laughs> but I mean, I'm I, interested. I will say that there it's not all like lost. There are a lot of cool things that happened. And I feel like the show wraps up amazingly. 
Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like the last stretch of what five or six episodes is. Yeah, is great. It's and maybe and maybe yeah. the last episode is the best episode of Twin Peaks. Yeah, well, right. I mean, John, right? Do you feel that way? I would I would say that, but I also I think that it's um it is what part of what makes it so great is how surprisingly it um diverts in tone in certain ways so i sure i i I wouldn't say like that's the one episode that embodies twin peaks because no i don't think i'd say that either um but but i would say yeah like it it's it's pretty impenetrable like i don't I, I've watched that one a lot, and I don't recall rolling my eyeballs ever. You know, <laughs> it's one. It's definitely one of those where, like, I'm never prepared for it. Right. Like, right. like it. It doesn't get old, or like I don't get bored. I'm I'm at the edge of my seat every time. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm excited. You guys are showing yeah. me building it up. Let's I make know, sure your daughter. Right? Let's let's make sure your daughter's asleep for that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, well, you guys, I, this was a blast. I'm so glad, John, that we got to have you back for this yeah, episode. Thanks so much for having me. And and we'll 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 do you the nicety of uh, sparing you for some of these upcoming episodes, but we'll definitely get you. We'll definitely get sure. you back on when it when it starts getting good again. So, sure. um, if you want, um, tell us, uh, tell the listeners where we can maybe find you on Twitter. Maybe if you have anything coming up that you want to plug. I am actually, um, I am working on a show called Pump Up the Volume, yes. uh, which is a 90s music pop culture show um, yes. that will be in San Diego in July. Um, but we're getting to a point where we're really starting to hit the ground running and be casting it soon. And um, just really exciting and fun. Awesome. That's so weird. I'm excited. I want to. Yeah, I want to sure. come down. I want to come down to see that. I want to come down to be in that. Can I just say that? <laughs> if you were in town, you know that we have a spot for you. <laughs> how many? How many? How many weeks? How many months is it going to run? How many years is it going to run? Should, I should tell our listeners. So I, um, I co-created the show mixtape in San Diego with my friend, and we wrote a role for Sean that we call mm. the front man which is basically a guy who jumps out of the band normally not seen in a theatrical show, but like, and would do all this cool stuff based on us watching Sean be amazing over the years. And, um, we're using a lot of the same format for this show. And so we have that that person, you know, can I do it one (laughs) night? Please let me do it. I was. I have to tell you, I just, I got to do what I I did mixtape for like a month, and it was like the best. It was so fun. <laughs> I I had such a blast. It'll be I, like uh, a whole set list from Waterfront, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever you end up hiring that. to do it, I want to come down and kick him off for just one night. Let me yeah. do it. It's the part I was born to play, baby. <laughs> um. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, I'm sure by the time we have you back, that'll be like you'll have dates for that, so we can plug that. Um, yes, because I I really want to go too. Uh, Dallas, what do you have coming up? Um, I don't know when you're dropping this, 
So um, I don't know. Just follow me on Twitter at Dallas underscore MC, and you can always okay. check out what I'm doing stand up and other things like that. Cool. That's really uh, it. I, I have something to plug. If you're in Southern California, I am opening for the band Yellow Card for their last seven or eight shows from March 17th through the 25th. Um, so there you go. Hooray. I'm doing I'm doing something for once. Um, I'm so proud. Thanks, dude. Well, maybe we can try to uh, use use me being in Southern California to tape some episodes together. That'd be rad. But probably not. So okay. Thank Forget you it. all for <laughs> thank you guys for uh, for dishing the percolator and thank all of you uh, for listening and being patient with us and um, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be that bad. It's still like way better than Northern Exposure, so we'll be fine. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> we'll see you next time on Dish and the Percolator. Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling, falling, are we falling in love? Mmm, that's the ketchup. I like coffee, donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin. <laughs>